Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Did you wonder about the title of this show, Ringing the Bells of Faith? Well, I have a number of things I want to chat about today, and they're a little out of my norm, so to speak, out of, out of my norm. But I want to start by reading from the Jerusalem Bible. Do you have a lot of Bibles on your shelf? I do. And I was with a young friend um, by phone this week who told me that she had helped a very wealthy woman move from a ginormous house, ginormous, just trust me on that, to an even more ginormous house, like a house big enough, oh, let me see, if they think the average person needs 400 square feet, if I divided that into a house big enough for 25 people, literally, and literally like everybody could have their own room and bathroom, literally, and she said, and in the move of which I was a part of all her personal possessions, not one Bible was to be found. And so we had this discussion about Bibles, the importance of Bibles and different kinds of Bibles, and did I have a favorite Bible? And, um, you know, for years I had a favorite Bible, and it was what had been indoctrinated into me, and that was the King James Bible. And a lot of things I memorized in King James. I remember hearing Timothy Keller say one time, and it has more power the way I learned it in the King James. And then he recited whatever passage it was with the these and the thous and the musteth. And I thought, oh, it's so charming to live in a generation of people who still remember memorizing from the King James. Now, all of that's just sort of an aside, but I want to say, I hope that you do have a variety of versions of the Bible. I hope you have one that you read and study from, one that you memorize from, one that you've read more than once. And I talk about the Bible often. What I read and study from regularly and have for a long time is the NRSV, which is the New Revised Standard Version. Oh, I'm going to say 10 years ago, and now that's where I am. That's what I read from every day. That's what I study from. But I often pick up another version, or I read something that someone else is quoting from, and they give another version. And so today, I'm going to read from the Jerusalem Bible, Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It begins with this amazing first line, are you people in Galatia mad? <laughs> if you've read much of the Bible and you know Paul at all, that sounds just like something he would say. It goes on, has someone put a spell on you? In spite of the plain explanation you have had of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, let me ask you one question. Was it because you practiced the law that you received the Spirit? Or because you believed what was preached to you? Are you foolish enough to end in an outward observances what you began in the Spirit? Have all the favors you received been wasted? And if this were so, they would most certainly have been wasted. Does God give you the Spirit so freely and work miracles among you because you practiced the law or because you believed what was preached to you? Are you people in Galatia mad? And I thought, oh, dear Paul, that is a bit of how I feel. 
are we in America mad? Have we, the church, gone crazy? Ah, what a hard word to use, mad. Mad sounds, there's something about the word mad, doesn't it? It's like you, you see something that's frantic. It's going here and there. I think I first heard the word mad used about a dog, a dog who had gone mad. And the dog was erratic and was biting at people and fluttering around. And I think that's how I feel inside when I'm mad about something. And here's Paul saying to the church at Galatia, are you mad? And he's saying that because while they have received the message of Jesus Christ, they are absolutely fearful about what's going on in their community. Shall I stop right there and say, repeat, 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 repeat? I, I do love to read history. I wish I had been a history major. Um, my husband reads more history, and because of that, I, I, I sort of glam on to him and get the data from him as much as I can get from him. But I love the pieces of history that change who we are. And this piece of history is exactly that. It's the church at Galatia who came to faith by the Spirit, through the preaching of Paul, and now they're going right back into their fear motive, not their faith motive, but their fear motive of what's going on around them. So today I just want to really share with you a few thoughts. I know that it seems now that every week or every 10 days, I'm somehow or another bringing something that has to do with loving your enemies, with being kind, with being patient. And uh, Shanti Faldham, who has been with us a number of times, hence said to me recently, anytime you want me to come, just call me and I'll, I'll make a workforce. Um, but she has sent me something, uh, and I don't know if you can get it online on her private um, email, if you sign up for her that you can, you'd get it also. But it was two parts about her going back into what is what her work used to be, public policy. And she decided she was going to go back into public policy for a few moments now because of what was going on in the public. And she described herself as someone who was running to the bell tower and hauling the rope and ringing the bell. And I thought, that's such a wonderful picture. I have just enough history to know that the bell was the precursor to the clock. I mean, there wasn't a clock. Nobody had nobody had clocks. Nobody had clocks in their home, much less on their wrists, much less on every edifice in the kitchen and in the bathroom, and you're everywhere. And so they would send the bell ringer, two if by land, three if by sea. The bell ringer announced something, and I thought it was a great a piece for her to remind us that there are some bell-ringing pieces of our history in Christ that we should be ringing in our own hearts. And as I read through her notes, which were several pages long, 12 or 15 pages, I thought, okay, there are a few things that I want to say from this work, just exact quotes from Shanti Feldhahn, who is, as I just mentioned, uh, her roots are in public policy. Be patient. Be patient, wait, and wait with kindness. 
She describes that it is not an overstatement to um, imagine that the days after the election, we might see violence again. And she says that it is of great concern to her, and she's alarming bells are sounding among a lot of policymakers, election researchers, and pollsters. It's now about how to respond and not then. How do you feel about the kind of violence we have had recently, and what will you do if some of this happens again? And I go to Paul's words and say, I hope that you will first respond in faith. I have a young friend who owns a business, and um, it's a family business. She's the third generation, and they sell propane gas. And I was visiting with her recently, and she was describing how many people had phoned up recently about generators and how big a propane gas tank they could get to bury in their land. And she said, I was talking this man down from buying 500 gallons of propane which was very expensive, and put in a tank, which is very expensive, and dig up a hole, which is very expensive. And she said, I just felt inclined to say, well, if this is the end, she didn't use those words, when the 500 gallons are gone, well, that'll be the end. I mean, like, this, this rush to, this rush for fear. Shanti gives three um, likely events that she just thinks we should be af- aware of. Election night, we probably won't know who is elected. And we've heard some of this bantered around already, but I trust her. I trust her facts. I trust her research. She said that roughly 40% of the population are likely to vote absentee ballot. And with that being what it is, and then some of the states that allow voters to actually mail their ballots on November 3rd, then it could be days or weeks before these are all tallied. So it's likely we won't know. Have you been hearing some of the things I've been hearing? Well, we should be getting ready. Those days are going to be hard. The week that follows may be, oh, that sounds like oh, there may be a day after or a day before or a few days. What if it goes on for a few months or longer? We've had the reports that there may be a resistance until the votes are counted for the current president to give up his office. That can't be a happy thought, but I, I heard a newscaster mention that. The second thing she said, that election night could look like a victory on one side, but not. And who is the victor? We're looking for the victor to be known on that night. And why would one? Well, we've seen this before with our electoral college. The populist vote may lead the pollsters to believe that this is the elected official, when in fact the electoral votes would not. And thirdly, she said that discord and enmity, parenthesis, with lawsuits, will intensify during the uncertainty. Now, we see lawsuits all the time, uncertainty. My husband um, is a retired attorney, and he says he has no idea how the practicing lawyers in America could possibly handle all the small suits, the big suits, and the gigantic suits. 
And of course, we now see what's going on with the Supreme Court and how we want to make that Supreme Court look like whatever side of the party you belong to. Maybe you don't belong to one side of the party. I hope that you are considering policy and person. Um, this is Donna speaking, not um, Shanti. But I know that oftentimes we vote for a policy and not a person, or we vote for a person and not a policy. Um, we were together recently and talked about the debate. The debate of the vice presidents was much calmer, but there still is a lot of contempt, a lot of eye-rolling, a lot of people who are terrified. Shanti says we need to be thinking about how we're going to respond. And I want you to be thinking about, are you going to respond in faith? What Paul is saying, Galatia, are you, are you mad? Are you responding in fear? Are you mad? We are not to be fearful. Our fear is to be founded in the faith of Christ. And Christ calls us to have faith that he is in charge. So don't fight negativity during this season. Just actively teach and practice kindness. Don't fight it. Don't try to change someone's opinion. I watched a mother and daughter have a conversation, and I thought, now these are two, they're brilliant girls. They're two generations. Both of them are very articulate, and I thought, who's going to win this argument? And, and in a moment, I realized that neither one of them were going to win. Neither one of them are going to win. Are you listening to me? You engage with this with someone who's trying to convince you, is he going to win? Are you going to win? No one's going to win. So engage in these conversations with the active notion that you just want to say what you want to say. Show them what you think and you want to practice kindness. Now, kindness is practiced when you use your persuasive voice and not your manipulative voice. When you use your kind voice and not your unkind voice. When you are not fearful that this is a person who's going to vote against you. Learn how to be a person of kindness, even if you think you already are. Uh, talk across the aisle rather than mostly to your TV screen. One reason we're so divided, she says, is that we tend to talk, to listen to, watch, and read information from people who we agree with. Well, of course we want to have conversation with people whom we agree with. And, but while being divided as a nation... Not some people's top concern, being divided and disconnected from those individuals must be our top concern. We, it must be our top concern. Are you pressing in because your position you believe so strongly has to be one? I know how that feels when we feel, especially when we feel right. So I want to say to you again, this is a time of practicing kindness, of listening to people across the aisle. We use those words in the House of Representatives, in the Senate halls, but I want you to use those words. I want you to be the bell ringer of faith. 
as you talk to people you know and love, giving them freedom to do what they want to do, sharing what you think is important, and mostly not ending each day and beginning the next morning with a fear of what is to become of you. Go back into the book of the Old Covenant in the first five chapters and read the story, the first five books, and read the story of the children of Israel who traveled in fear, who lived in fear. And remind yourself that the Savior, Jesus Christ, came to take away that fear and to bring an assurance that the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you, will give you the voice of discernment and discretion, and you are in his mighty hands. Thank you, Shanti, for your ideas and thoughts. Remind us always that we are to practice kindness. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Be mad about your faith. Thank you.